When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Baseball Together podcast, baseball family. For those of you new to the show, we are here to raise money for the nonprofit organization Called Up, whose mission is to give disadvantaged young ballplayers the equipment they need to play the game we all love. We also want to unite communities by improving or rebuilding baseball facilities in areas suffering economic or environmental hardship. At this time, you can support by purchasing t-shirts and other baseball-related apparel and accessories from 9plusus.com. 10% of all these sales go to the cause. Again, that's 9plusus.com. The number 9, P-L-U-S-U-S, dot com. 9plusus.com. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Baseball Together podcast, brought to you by 9plusus. Welcome back, baseball family. This is Brig, and I'm always joined by Brad. Always. And we are here bringing you the Baseball Together podcast. We're super excited to be here this week. Our energy is up. We have no idea why. Let's get into current events. I couldn't tell you why I'm so hyped for this week. But let's <laughs> do it. <laughs> All right, so the first things first. Uh, let's just get this out of the way. Brian Cashman's car was stolen. He's the general manager of the New York Yankees. His, he has a big Jeep Rubicon. It was stolen. And um, they found it, <laughs> and they returned it to him. And then he gets pulled over, and at gunpoint is uh, – well, gunpoint's probably a little too strong, but the officer viewed by his body cam footage, which has now been released to the public, you see him with his sidearm unholstered right? <laughs> he's, he's barking at brian cashman to get out of this stolen presumably stolen vehicle and uh it's hilarious so cashman cool as a cucumber gets out says yep whatever you need me to do they order him around he turns around and puts hands up and walks backward etc and then he sits on the side of the he sits on the hood of the police vehicle and he's got his hands on his head and the guy's like the officer says hey man get get up and you know where's your your insurance and your identification he's like it's in the car <laughs> so he gets <laughs> so he gets up and he walks over to the car and they pick it up and as they're walking over the the officer says hey uh hey you you look kind of familiar <laughs> <laughs> and cashman says yeah i'm brian cashman general manager of the newark yankees heard of him and the guy, the guy goes, "Oh yeah, that is how I know you. I used, I remember we used to get bagels at the same bagel shop when I was working East Side or whatever, whatever, wherever he was. Anyway, and he's clearly embarrassed. And he's like, no, 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 there's no nothing to see here. Stop. He's trying to shoo people away. There's nothing to see here. It's fine. It was hilarious. The guy clearly just like open mouth, insert foot. It, it was funny. So so let me ask you Brad, uh-huh. does this does this footage belong in the public domain? A uh, body cam footage? Yeah. I think it does. I mean it, it holds police officers accountable. Um just I mean with everything we've had come to light in the last few years, and I don't I don't want to say things these are new things that are happening because it's obviously not new. Um but I do feel like public servants or anyone who I guess has the job that police officers do. It'll hold them accountable, but it also protects them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, because if, if there is a, if there is an incident, they have that footage right there. Right. So well, and now they can that, be famous. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For pointing and, and, a gun at Brian Cashman. That's super cool. Well, you know, when I heard <laughs> the Cashman got, got, uh, got pulled over and everything for, uh, as being mistaken for a car thief, I was like, he doesn't look like a car thief to me. He looks like, like some insider trading is what he would get. Yeah. <laughs> Unless like some, he's wearing shorts and a t-shirt. Hat, some black hat hacker, you know? Like, <laughs> like we got gotcha. you. 
Packing into the Pentagon again, Cashman. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> Cashman. You and your team of sleuths. Cyber exactly. sleuths. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, he doesn't strike me as the car thief kind of guy. No. Whatever. <laughs> I guess that's not why, I guess that's why I'm not a cop. <laughs> I'd let that's somebody all. go. Yeah, he doesn't fit the profile. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Doesn't look like Nicolas Cage on Gone in 60 Seconds. all right another thing we wanted to talk about real fast is uh has to do with sign stealing actually so um the rhode island little league world series team (laughs) has been accused of stealing signs speaking of stealing Uh, things gosh geez kids from rhode island these days <laughs> you know, Brig, let me just go off it. I am sick of these entitled No, I'm just kidding. I don't care about this. I think it's awesome. Like Yeah, I think it's if awesome. If you can steal signs, steal them. If you get any kind of advantage, by all means, that's part of the risk that you take by sending signals out to the field anyway because they're out there for everyone to see. It's not like you've it's not like there's any rule or anything that says, "Okay, this is secret." You know, if they're right. stealing your signs, you got to mix them up. Yeah. Um, there was a game we played in high school where the coach was doing the on his face, you know, like his forehead, his nose, his chin, cheek, whatever, you know, to the catcher. Yeah. For pitches. And we were stealing them all game long. I knew an off-speed pitch was coming, but I still didn't hit it. So it's it doesn't matter if you can steal the sign. What matters is if you can hit the ball or not. Um, and we actually had a system within – our like school program varsity down to freshmen hey if you're picking up signs and you're on second base this is what you do for an off-speed pitch this is what you do for a fastball this is where you put your hands on your hips for a ball if the catcher's setting up in the middle put uh put this hand down to your side put this hand down your side we had a complex system so if we were stealing signs everybody knew how it worked yeah and that was that was granted in high school but that was like first week of practice let's do Signs from the third base coach. Let's do signs from second at home for stealing signs because that was how we roll. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. And our and and our signs from the third base coach were so complex. Sometimes the batter missed them because it involved like this really complex math system. Mm-hmm. And so there was swiping no and most. stuff. Yeah. Well, it was it was like right hand on the chest is plus one. Left hand on the chest is plus two. Right hand on the leg is minus one. Left hand on the leg is minus two. Oh. And then if the coach if the coach touched his hands together, then it would close it, right? Oh. But if if he went through and did everything, but he didn't close his hands, it was nothing. So it's like he was always joking about. It. He's like he's like you pull your calculator out of your pocket or get down in the dirt and do some math. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe take your cleats off, do some math on your toes if you need to. <laughs> <We're just> like, <laughs> you'd see guys adding up on their fingers as they're trying to figure out what the coach is saying, and we're just like, coach, it's so complex. So a lot of times we just get. Right hand to the chest, left hand to the chest, right hand to the leg, left hand to the leg, close it. Like, oh, that's zero. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Just please close it that's out. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> See, that would have ruined yeah. me. That would have oh, ruined man. baseball for me. I'd have been like, you know what? Screw you, I'm out. I don't care. I'm not doing this. I'm not going to play your stupid game. <laughs> it was so funny, though, watching some of the guys. Just like, uh, two, three, uh, one, two... Zero. Okay. All right. <laughs> See it click right before they step in the box. <laughs> so these little leaguers, these little leaguers, uh, the the coach, his name is Pat Dutton. He's from. It is spelled Goffstown, New Hampshire, but because it's New Hampshire, it's probably Guffston or something. Uh, yes, Guffston. Yeah. Guffston. I don't. That's just how they pronounce things. But so he's accusing these other team, this other team of. Of sign stealing. And here's what he says. He says, you can do that in big league baseball, but in little league, it's unsportsmanlike, it's dishonorable, and it's disgusting. And he is so pissed about this. Brad, I got to ask, is it disgusting, Brad? No, it's not disgusting. But, you know, I, I will say this. If it's the coach stealing the signs, that is a little bit, you know, okay. Because- the signs aren't going to be super complex, but if it's the kids figuring it out, come on, yeah, you've got to hand it to those guys because that's awesome. It's <laughs> awesome got, if you've got two kids sitting on the bench and they're dedicated enough to figure out those signs. I mean, 
by all means. Yes. That's fantastic. But yeah, if the coach is stealing the signs, then yeah, that's disgusting because because you can't have the adults having that much of a role in the game. But no, like let the kids steal the signs by all means. Okay, so what if what if the coach is saying, "Hey guys, pay attention. You might be able to steal a sign. These are some things you might look for." And they've been doing it all season, and it came up in practice and things like that. But he's not involved in the sign stealing during the game, but he's trained his players on what to look for and how to assess those kind of signs. What do you think of that? I think that's fine. That's just teaching the game. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Yeah, like <clears throat> because I feel like if the kids don't want to learn how to steal signs they don't have to you know if they have like i said there's two or three kids on the bench who are like yeah i want to learn how to steal signs and i'm gonna figure it out and i'm gonna do it then yeah whatever let them do it if they're smart enough to do it at that age so yep. i love it you know I don't, I don't have a problem with that like if if the coach is teaching them things to watch for how to do it that's just fine but if the coach is standing there at the at the fence watching the other coach and he turns around and says hey guys Listen up. This is what's happening. Yeah, I think that would be pretty messed up. Okay. Okay. So Cool. Because it is Little League. It is about the kids. It is not about the adults or the coaches. Yep. It's, that, that's the line right there. Yep. Right? Yep. Agreed. So we have quite the home run race going in Major League Baseball right now. Uh, guys are hitting a lot of home runs this season. That's that's no mystery. I mean, that's no secret. Home runs are getting hit at a, at a record pace this season, whether you think it's juiced balls or just I honestly think that most of it has to do with better hitters because not everybody, well, most everybody's hitting 20 home runs this season. But, Which is bonkers. But we, we've been headed there, though. We've been headed this way for a long time. Yeah, that's true. So right now, as of today, this is Friday afternoon, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. I say that because somebody probably just hit another home run. Uh, <laughs> or four <laughs> yeah there were four more home runs hit just as i said that just as you said um, that four more home runs hit <laughs> and four angels got their wings um we had cody bellinger and, and mike trout right now are 40 home runs apiece. um balls are flying out in la it looks like Great. sorry anaheim la and anaheim Jeez, man it's uh, the same thing have... these days would you get with the program <laughs> <laughs> i refuse i've been to anaheim it's nowhere near la <laughs> nope, it sure is not. <laughs> then we have Pete Alonzo and Christian Yelich at 39 apiece. Now, I'm going to say this for one. I don't think it's a coincidence that Trout is the only guy of those four in the American League because I felt for a long time the pitching in the American League is far superior, and that's why we've had more American League World Series winners in recent history and also um, more American League All-Star Game winners in recent history. Um, what what do you think of that? Do you think do you would you agree with that, or do you think that's just coincidence? No, it's not coincidence. I don't know what's going on, but I will say that the long ball is more important, or more common, or both, or whatever in the American League. I don't know why, but I think small ball is played better and more commonly in the National League. Yes, I would agree with that, and that's because because of the pitchers in the lineup, right? Because you get a pitcher up there, probably, and if if you have a runner on first or second, pitchers you're you're not going to typically try to have them swing away. You're going to let them bunt and move that runner over, right? Um, because I'm of the opinion that I don't want my pitchers running the bases. Like by all means, get out, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. Just <laughs> get up there if there's nobody on. Take your hacks and come sit down and get ready to pitch. I don't want my I don't want my pitchers on the base paths. That's just me. Um, hmm. So I'm I'm okay with with the pitchers doing uh, not dropping down a uh, a sack bunt or whatever. But we can talk more about that another day when we talk about the designated hitter. Oh my gosh, Brad! That's what you call a teaser. <laughs> it is. That's a big old tease, isn't it? <laughs> But here, answer me, riddle me this, Brig. Riddle me this. Out of those four guys, Bellinger, Trout, Alonzo, Yelich, who do you think ends up with more home runs? Like, who ends up with the most home runs out of that group? Wow. Bellinger, Trout, Alonzo, and, and Yelich. Yelich. Bye. Jeez. Mike Trout. 
You think Mike Trout? Why Mike Trout? To piss you off, Brad. I would actually love that. <laughs> you know I'm a big Trout fan. I know I'm teasing you. No, I uh, I just hate it when he goes to Seattle because he hits like three home runs a game. And that's I why swear, I, was I swear thinking. that's his average. It's got to be his average three home runs a game in Seattle. Probably is, and that's Probably what I was when he faces mostly dealers. thinking. But yeah, I, I would say I'm I'm just gonna go with Mike Trout. I don't really have a reason why. I think they're all on par. For uh, we could have a big old fatty fat four way tie, and it would be awesome. That would be awesome. All right, so the record for single season home runs is 73 set by Barry Bonds in 2001. The previous record is 70 in 1998 by Mark McGuire. Sammy Sosa hit 66 in 98. Mark McGuire hit 65 in 99. Get this. Sammy Sosa hit 64 in 2001. Sammy Sosa set the record at 63 in 99. Or it's hit 63 and 99. And then the next closest is 1961 with 61 home runs in Roger Maris. Yeah. So I just I just want one of those guys to hit 74 home runs. So we can just take Bonds off that. Yep. The top of that take list. Take him off. And I know I know that somebody's going to be like, well, juiced baseballs. Well, I'd rather juice baseball than a juiced player, to be honest Whoa! with you. If, if that's the case. If we have to choose. If we have to choose, yeah. Because it's just the baseball. You you still got to hit it. You still got to hit it hard. You still got to square it up. Because you're not going to... If you miss a ball and you're on steroids, it's going to go out. Right? Yep. If you miss a ball and it's juiced, it's not going to go out. Agreed. Well said, sir. So that's that's why I feel that way about that. But there's 39 games left in the season. It's not very many. Okay. No. And for those guys to hit, what what's that, 33 home runs, 34 home runs? Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. No. It's not. Always next But year. listen, if friggin' Glaber Torres plays games in Baltimore next season, he, he could stand a chance of being atop that <laughs> list. <laughs> Did you know? I know. If you take away all his home runs in Baltimore this year, he's at 13 or something like that. Oh, it's half, it's half of his total. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all the headlines, all the headlines after they finished that series was that it said something like, uh, it ends with the end season series of the Yankees and Orioles ends mercifully or something like that. It's like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just um, teeing off on that team. And all those, oh gosh, that pitching staff is so bad. Those guys should all be in AAA still. Probably. I feel so bad for that. Well, they, never mind. Yes, yeah. they should be. Brutal. It's brutal. Makes me feel pretty good about being a Mariners fan. They've mostly got that pitching staff figured out. They're not giving up home runs at that rate anymore. That's true. It makes me, makes me happy. <laughs> oh, Oof. Yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty. It's pretty good being a Mariners fan some days and looking around the league and be like, well, at least I'm not watching that. Oh, well, so. true. <laughs> it's true. You know what? It's good to be a Yankees fan. Yeah, I know. You know when it's good to be a Yankees fan? <laughs> All the <Yeah>. time. <laughs> <laughs> Every year. That's pretty much all I have to say about that. All right. Next topic. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of teams that it's good to be a fan of right now. Yeah. The Phillies. Oh, right. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. I hope they do because they're playing some good ball right now. Especially Bryce Harper is hitting that cover off the ball. So Thursday night he had that moonshot of a home run. Whew. And it was majestic. It, it was majestic. And man, that was so awesome. They scored seven runs between the eighth and ninth inning, and six of those came in the ninth. Oh my gosh! Are you ready for? Are you ready for a stat to blow your mind? Yeah. So. The Philadelphia Phillies had lost 316 games in a row when trailing by four or more runs entering the ninth inning before Thursday night. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Say that again. Okay, I'll start that from the beginning, from the top. The Philadelphia Phillies had lost 316 games in a row when trailing by four or more runs entering the ninth inning. Whoa. That's bananas. That's a whole lot of games. Yeah. 
I mean, I I cannot believe that number. They scored six runs in the bottom of the ninth, capped by Bryce Harper moonshot grand slam. I mean, that ball was towering. It went so high, and then he sprinted around the bases, and that cracked me up. That was so funny. Yeah, yeah, he, he went hauling around and. Because <laughs> he was, I mean, he was so excited. He was so excited. He said after the game, that was one of the coolest moments of his life. And I just think it's cool that a major leaguer is saying hitting a walk off Grand Slam is one of the coolest things to happen to him. Yeah, ever. for sure. <laughs> because how often does that Never. happen? And it, Especially like that it one. It would be the coolest. Level. Yeah. It's <laughs> so cool. I saw, I probably watched that 10 times, and I know Cubs fans aren't happy about it because they blew that big lead, but still, like, that was so cool. Yeah, it was cool. It was undeniably cool. And he did yeah. it in the baby blues, which made me even happier. Oh, I know. I was so happy. That was one of the reasons I kept watching it, because I wanted to see those baby I blues. I love those uniforms, man. Because those are some of the coolest in baseball. Yeah, it's so true. Well, let's take a short break, and when I get back, I'll be talking to a very special guest, Tiff. The designated hitter. The infield fly. A ground rule double. The dropped third strike. To some, these seem like strange things. To you, these are just baseball things. Shop the Baseball Things collection at 9plusus.com. Welcome back, baseball family. Today, like I said, I have a very special guest with me. I have Tiff with me. Hey! Uh, But before we get into talking about Tiff and her experience with baseball and how she's introduced to it and everything, I do want to go through something pretty quick uh, and fun. Uh, Before we talked about the uh, Fort Wayne Tin Caps, about where that team name came from, today we have another one. We're going to talk about where the Boston Red Sox got their name. I think this is super cool. That's going to be so fun. a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Here we go. You ready? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so they were established as an American League team in 1901. Uh, oh, sorry. Before I get too far into this, um, I got this off of todayifoundout.com. There's a lot of cool stuff on there. Um, they actually have every American League team. So that's where I'm going to be getting those from. Oh, excellent. Okay. So we got <laughs> so, a lot of good stuff coming. A whole lot of good stuff coming. So, so they were established in 1901. Uh, they originally wore blue socks. Because the National League team in town, who eventually came the Braves, uh, they were called the Red Stockings. So if anybody tells you the Red Sox were originally called the Red Stockings, they're lying to you. Uh-huh. Call them out on it. Say, no, the Red Stockings were in a National League team and are now called the Atlanta Braves. So there's that. Oh, that was actually something that I thought was the Red Sox. I thought the Red Stockings were the Red Sox. So, okay, awesome. This is starting out good. You would One would yes. think, right? I mean, it makes sense. It's <laughs> linear. Yeah, it would make sense. All right. Um, so the American League team in Boston was called the Boston Americans or just Boston. And then eventually in 1907, that NL team, um, they dropped all the color from the uniform and became known as the Doves. And then... Uh, and then the American League team did they did snatch up the name, so they weren't originally the the uh, the Red Stockings, but then they became the Red Stockings. Okay, so then okay. they switched names. So the sense. Braves became the Braves at that time. Well, they were the Doves. Okay, the Braves became the Doves. They came, they became the Doves. Then eventually they became the Braves. They were the Boston Braves, and they were the Milwaukee Braves, and they were the Atlanta Braves. Got it. So, whole, there's a whole lot of history with the Braves. That we'll go through another time, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next year, the team appeared in Red Sox. Okay, so the so oh. the the Boston the American League Boston team appeared in Red Sox. So this is the thing that this is the thing that I think is really cool. So this says why S O X instead of S O C K S. Well, okay. at the time, not only the Red Sox but the White Sox were named. Uh, because many Americans, including this is what it says, including the editor of the Chicago Tribune, were pushing for simplified spelling of American English. It was common at the time to see socks spelled S-O-X. What? It was a straight-up cultural thing that people were trying to push, that socks would be spelled just generally in the public, <laughs> just 
S O X instead of S O C K S. I think it's super funny, <laughs> and I'm surprised that it's not something that caught on that it, that it didn't stick. Maybe that's like... why we have such different spellings than our British uh, counterpart. You know, yeah. we have different spelling for lots of different words, and it is simplified comparatively. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's you don't have that secret OU and things like born stuff, right? Like that. Or color, which is really too yep. bad because it kind of. Anyway, I won't get into that, but. <laughs> but yeah, and and you know, I I see where you go with that. It does seem like it fits in certain places, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but yeah, I'm I wish the SOX, SOX. Had, had stuck. Maybe we <laughs> can start would... it again and see if it. There we go. We'll push on. <laughs> it's starting up again. Stop make, Stop trying to make fetch happen, Karen. <laughs> I feel like it's like that. <laughs> Not enough Mean Girl references on this podcast. I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate you knowing Mean Girls. It's like my favorite movie. <laughs> oh, more than you know. Oh, my gosh. More than you know. One of the most hilarious movies ever made. <laughs> it really is. It's always Truly. perfect. <laughs> so funny. Fits in so many places. You know, I used to, I had a job. I worked in a pharmacy where... We wore, we wore pink on Wednesdays. Oh, oh, bless. <laughs> like I would wear, like I had a pink shirt that I wore. There was a few of the other techs, like some of the other women, they would wear pink and that's what we would do on Wednesdays. We wore pink on Wednesdays. So, oh my gosh. I love that so much. Yeah, true story. <laughs> that, is a, that is a thing that happened. So. Oh, I love it. Well, awesome. So, so then the Red Sox or the, um, the Boston team became the Red Sox SOX. Yep. The Boston team became the Red Sox S O X. So I thought that was pretty cool. That is cool. A cool little thing. So all right. So before we get into much else, we're gonna do a quick rundown with you, okay, Tiff? Okay. Don't get caught in the rundown. All right. Are you ready? Okay. Remind me how this goes. Okay, it's like so, word association, right? Well, it's it's rapid fire questions, and I don't know how many there's going to be because you never know how long you're going to be in a rundown for. Okay, okay, I'm ready. It could be two, it could be five, it could be ten. We'll see how we go. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. Okay. What's the name of your autobiography? Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> laugh and then move on. That's good. <laughs> What is one thing you love about baseball? It's social. It's super social. I love that. Who's your favorite superhero? You know, it was Captain America, but then I saw Ragnarok and now it's Thor. Mine's Thor too. I love Thor. <laughs> What's your favorite baseball team? I love the Cubbies. What's one condiment that you hate? Mm, ketchup. What's one unpopular opinion that you have? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, the, the Pride and Prejudice movie with Keira Knightley is better than the book. Oh, man. I know someone's going to slaughter me over that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> man. Um, what's one thing you would change about baseball? Oh, that's hard. I would change the way that the uh, the fans interact with the game. Mm, we'll talk more about that later. Okay. And last one. What is your dream job? Oh my gosh, that's hard. I, you know, I, I'm a, a person that has uh, so many interests that like nothing quite fits. But if I could be a travel influencer like those people on Instagram, that yeah. would be my perfect job. <laughs> Very nice. Very cool. All right. That's it for the rundown. Good job, Tiff. Awesome. Thank you. That was fun. Very good. Very well done. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's get into this. So you, Tiff, um, you're married to a big baseball fan. Big baseball fan. Big Sometimes baseball too fan. too big. I don't know. <laughs> There's no such thing. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, did you grow up watching baseball at all? I didn't. And I'll tell you why. Um, my dad 
my my poor dad i love i just feel so bad that this happened to him but he was an enormous baseball fan enormous and then uh the 1994 strikes happen happened and he totally lost he was totally lost faith in the game he was so mm-hmm. upset by the whole ordeal that he stopped watching he, he let the game go completely. And so let's see, 1994, I would have been seven and I was mm-hmm. in um, T-ball at the time. And nice. I kind of remember like this kind of shift happening and I didn't know what was going on, of course. And, right. um, but we didn't ever watch games at home. We didn't go to games. Um, my dad and I played catch for a little while, but I'm sure that I was a very obstinate child and stopped doing it. I th- I'm sure he would have kept going on if um if i had let him but i'm sure that it was my fault <laughs> that we don't, stopped don't playing blame catch. yourself Tiff. you don't blame yourself well i blame the child that i was because i i mean i was gifted with an obstinate child as well and i was one and so i'm sure i'm sure that that was my my doing <laughs> and so i did not have any baseball in my whole life until college wow None. zero so that's kind of interesting, huh? <laughs> that is. That's very interesting. I can't even imagine what that would be like. Yeah. It. Yep. It wasn't. I didn't even know baseball references. Like that's how new this whole thing is in in my yeah. life. So. Because <laughs> I mean, I did take a few years off from like really following it, but I still went to games. You know, like um, like I talked in one of the first episodes about how I just I didn't like baseball because it, I felt like I had been so wronged by it. You know, mm-hmm. and it was really just. I was, it was time for me to be done because my arm was done, but, um, but I I still went to games, you know, like, yeah, I still went to Mariners games. I'd still sit down and watch games on TV, you know, periodically, but I wasn't like the fan that I was before or even the fan that I am now, you know, Mm -hmm. I can't, I, I can't imagine not having any baseball at all. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, I think I need to talk to my dad more about this, uh, this period of his life, but I think it hurt him that much. Um, yeah, and just... there are a lot of fans who straight up left the left the game because of that strike. Yeah, because it was a big deal. And it I was just a remember, big deal. I remember um, the day that they finished the season. My dad was like, "There's not going to be a World Series this year." And I felt like, like for me, it might they might as well just canceled Christmas. Right. Like, you, you like what do you mean? It happens every year. No world it's like the series. sun coming up. Well, you know, except yeah. for it only happens once a year, but you know. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, it's just like there's no how, why, you know, like I, I couldn't wrap my head around, you know, my nine year old head couldn't wrap my head around, couldn't figure it out. Right. I still can't, you know. <laughs> oh, it's so it's so tragic. And now that I know like the context, like you know, as an adult, and I'm you know learning about these things, um, I'm just so shocked that. Um, the whole thing happened because an entire several generations of fans did not occur because of this this year. So it's so sad. Such an unfortunate yeah, thing. It's true. It's true that you, you think about it now, the impact that that strike had on the game is way bigger, I think, than they ever could have imagined. Right. Because they really were seeing just the narrow thing, right? They were seeing, you know, their paychecks or you know whatever (laughs) and not not the experience that they were bringing to america and you know the fans outside as well yeah it's crazy it's It's crazy to think about but so you were introduced i guess reintroduced to baseball in college right yes so how did that happen um you know, I uh, I had a group of friends that were so awesome, and they um, invited me to go on a road trip with them to Seattle to see the Mariners. Yeah. And Woo-hoo. we were going up there to see another friend that had moved back home. And so it was just like this impromptu. Yeah, I know, right? The Mariners, yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, it was just this impromptu trip, and they invited me to come along. And I never say no to a road trip. Never. <laughs> so, well, yeah. So you better believe I was in. Um, and so we went and I had never been to like a professional baseball game before. So it was very dazzling. Um, mm-hmm. And that uh, Petco field was gorgeous. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Safeco. Who has Petco? That's in San Diego. 
Oh, San Diego. I'm sorry. I can't get it. Uh, that's right. uh, uh, yes. Anyway, that uh, the stadium in Seattle was just beautiful. And I just couldn't mm-hmm. believe how gorgeous it was to watch the sun go down with, you know, the skyline in the background. And oh, my gosh, it was just wonderful. I also, for the record, had the best pizza of my whole life at that stadium. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I was like, did you oh. get did you get garlic fries while you're there? No, is that something I missed oh, out on? Yes, you missed out. You, you. I mean, you can smell them through the entire stadium because everybody gets them. <laughs> yes, the pizza that I had had garlic chunks oh, in yeah. the sauce. Oh my gosh, it was so good, and I sure I smelled horrendous, but it was so <laughs> delicious. Anyway, I so I watched the Yankees play the the Mariners, and I didn't know any of the players at the time. So my friends were really excited about some of these players, like Ichiro and um like uh jeter and i had no idea who they were mm-hmm. what year was it that you were? um this would have been 2000 i want to say it was 2008 but it could have been the summer oh, of 07 okay um i you know what i should have known which year it was because i i honestly can't remember it was either the summer of 07 or the summer of 08 can't remember um, anyway, so after that, I was like intrigued because I had such a good time and I had mm-hmm. um, one of my friends was explaining the game as it went along because I actually didn't understand the game mm-hmm. and and it was wonderful. I was dazzled. I loved it. Oh, yeah. Like I, I say this all the time. I love Safeco and now T-Mobile. Like I love that ballpark. It's so nice. It's perfectly set up with like were you sitting up high or were you down lower? We were up super, super high because we had we didn't buy tickets beforehand. We mm-hmm. just kind of arrived and we were um, we were late, so we were mm-hmm. way, way, way up in the nosebleeds. Yeah. So, so were you? Here's here's my other other my is the other question I always ask. So, if you're up high, were you on like the first base side or the third base side, or do you remember? I remember being on the first base side. So you were in the prime spot. If you're gonna sit up high, that's where you need to sit, because you had that perfect, beautiful view of the city. Mm-hmm. right out past the left field wall and you could see the puget sound out there yes oh everything my it's so perfect like it was so beautiful yeah my thing is like i'm gonna if like i like to sit in the outfield just because it's a different a different view from where i grew up playing the game mm-hmm. i get to see the, the game differently from what i what i'm used to but if i'm not gonna sit there like if i'm gonna go to seattle i want to sit up high on that first base side because it's such a perfect view Mm-hmm. It's like I sitting on the it. mountaintop, right? Like you, you see the water, you see the skyline, oh, yeah. you see the, oh my gosh, it was just like magical. Oh, and yeah. the other thing that was so charming was the train that goes underneath the stands. Oh yeah. Like, I was like, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> so, so they cool. have that. Yeah. So if anybody who, who's not familiar with Safeco or sorry, T-Mobile, I'm still getting used to it. It's almost been a full season and I'm still getting used to calling it T-Mobile. <laughs> Um, so when they have that roof open, like where the retractable roof goes to where it's open, there is a train that goes right there and it's just past, uh, like right field where that is. And it'll, there's trains that will go regularly during the game and they'll go through there and they'll blow their horn and it's really loud, it's but it's really loud. cool. Yeah, it is cool. And it makes the, uh, the sand shake, you know, so you get yeah. a, a little bit of vibration and I, I thought it was awesome. Super charming. Yeah, it, it really is. Like, that's the perfect word for it, charming, because it's just like that, one of those little things that you're not really going to get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I totally cool. agree. It's super so fun. Cool. So so that was my experience in college. It was just kind of like this fleeting, uh, well, not fleeting, it, uh, that was the wrong word. Um, it was like this impromptu um, thing that happened. And, you know, afterwards, I didn't, uh, I didn't follow uh, baseball at all. Um, and in fact, I'm not really a sports person, but I went to go live in England for a couple of years and I got into playing and, and watching, uh, soccer. And, um, so I was kind of like getting into like, oh, this fandom thing with sports is kind of fun just because like, there's this camaraderie and there's a little bit of the banter and I kind of, I just like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I come back to the States after living in England for a little bit, I come back and, um, and I meet Brig mm-hmm. and who is just 
the baseball guy. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think my heart was just being prepped over years and I didn't know I was going to be, you know, marrying this, this enormous fan. And, um, one of our very first dates was going to, um, an Orem Owls game who is the rookie affiliate for that, for the angels. And he bought me a t-shirt and it had an owl on it. It was a red, it had an owl on it. And, um, he took me to the game and I was hooked. I was hooked after that. It was so much fun. And that mm-hmm. sta- that little tiny stadium um, was so intimate. You know, there's there was probably a hundred of us there that night. Oh, that's what it feels like, huh? It does feel like that. There's maybe more, but it does not feel that way. Like, or it, it feels so tiny. Yeah, they don't draw and it's a really small stadium. There's not a bad seat anywhere. And nope. especially if you're if you're sitting on the grass, you've got a great seat too. Yeah, that's a that's a nice little ballpark, especially when you get really introduced to the game because you yeah. you can see it, you can hear it, you can pretty much smell it. So it's yeah, fun. <laughs> you're close enough to yeah. the players that you know <laughs> during those summer nights, sometimes you think you're sharing that. <laughs> um, but what I uh, so one thing that charmed me to death about uh, the owls was that um, all of the host families, so the families that um, let the players come and stay with them during the season and they do a short season mm-hmm. um they all come and mm-hmm. they all sit together and so we kind of got to start meeting these families and we, we would talk about the players and we would talk about like the lives of the players and i just thought to myself like what is this weird sport that makes these players go through <laughs> this system and like i don't know i just fell in love with like the human aspect of this game where these players really dedicate everything to hopefully making it. And it just opened my heart to everything uh, that baseball has to offer. That's yeah, that's awesome. That is one thing that's really cool that sometimes you don't think about that. You have to love baseball to make it to that top level. Like you really do. Some of those guys stay in for years and years and years. And Mm -hmm. I cannot imagine doing doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. And, and another thing that's cool about those host families is, they're basically just renting out a room to those guys and mm-hmm. their payment is season tickets to the house. Right. You know, like, like I think that's cool. It's cool. Yeah. And what I loved, like some of those families um, clearly were not just like here, rent a room for me, but they were like, you know, you're part of our family this summer. Like we're going to support you and we're going to come and cheer for you. And I thought that was so like, I so connected with that, like mm-hmm. that families were willing to, open up their home and welcome in a stranger for the whole summer. And they were going to pretend like, or not, not pretend they were going to actually let this person be part of their family. And I just, um, I really connected with that. Yeah. And, and that, I feel like that's one aspect of baseball. We we always talk about baseball family, right? That's one Mm -hmm. of the big things with baseball together and, and nine plus us, everything. And it truly is like minor league baseball is a family, right? That I've, I talked to some of those host families too, while I was working for the owls and they had talked to, and there were some people who talked to about, um, I think there was a family who had hosted, maybe it was Mark Trumbo. I can't remember. They're like, Oh yeah, we still talk to him on a pretty regular basis. You know, that we, uh, we catch up with him a, a few times a year and he lets us know how he's doing. You know, he, he's oh my gosh, great. That's so he cool. was great to have, like, that's super cool. Like that's a that's such a great experience and just so cool that you can that you can have those guys have those stories you know down the road. So yeah, I think that's that's so cool. We always said that if we ever end up back in Orem, that we would we would be a host family. That was like that's on yeah. our bucket list to to be a part of that a part of that that's baseball cool. family. That's really cool. So speaking of Orem. Um, I thought it was super cool how you guys ended up from Orem to South Carolina where you guys are now, like that big old road trip that you guys took. Yes. Oh my gosh. And what you guys did to kind of get there and how you ended up where you are as far as like one of the requirements was good baseball. Right. It was because we had our, a lot of our courtship happened at a baseball game and we realized like, this is something that we love to do together. We have to live somewhere always. Where there's mm-hmm. baseball. We have to. Yeah. How many games did you guys go to on that trip? Oh, my gosh. That is a great question. We did 
so we went to um a fe- uh the the diamondbacks sorry i couldn't mm. think of i'm like it was in phoenix what are they called <laughs> um <laughs> um so we went to a diamondbacks game uh in phoenix and then we went to you know what oh my gosh there were so many the ones that i remember we did midland texas um which was oh so charming they were so darling yeah um i loved I love being there. Then we went to uh, the Round Rock Express, which is in Austin, Texas. Oh, that's cool. And then we saw, where was the next one? We saw, we when by the time we got to South Carolina, we had missed the last game um, with the drive by days. Like, oh, and right. I'm talking like it had been two days or something. That's we stinking so hurricane. Oh my gosh, it ruined everything. (laughs) (laughs) Ruining our lives. I know, I know. And it was all about us. So, you know. (laughs) Um, I think those are the ones that stuck out in my mind. I feel like we went to another game while we were out there. Um, I would have to ask Brig. He has an amazing Is that when you guys went to Chattanooga? Oh yes, I forgot about Chattanooga. <laughs> oh my it out of your god! Mind. <laughs> I really did. Look at this. Look what just happened. I totally blocked it. You know, and that's so funny because actually we had a really great time at that game, but it was so hot, and they make you they make you hike up that freaking mountain yeah. to get to the ball field at the top, which is really pretty. It's super beautiful. Um, but we had our baby, and we were you know, just, you know, you know, we were just whining about it, but we had a really great time. (laughs) Chattanooga is a really interesting place. Super darling, um, small town. That's kind of becoming more there. New people are moving in. And so they're taking interest in the town. And so it's becoming more interesting. And I really liked that about Chattanooga, um, an old town that was getting some new blood. So, charming place but we were so mad about the hike <laughs> <laughs> oh i know if you ask brig about that game that was the worst experience of his life <laughs> i know he's so funny but you know him he likes to he likes to tell tell a good story so <laughs> he does he tells a great story and it wasn't, if, he wasn't really so, that bad. if he wasn't so animated about it it wouldn't be such a good story so i know I, appreciate that. <laughs> I do too one of his many good qualities so having grown up not a baseball fan right uh-huh. and then you've got a husband who's a diehard yankees fan how did you end up a cubs fan oh this is a really great question so first of all if you know anything about me i will not be told what to do or think <laughs> <laughs> so and that's so... where Libby gets it <laughs> Oh, I wondered. <laughs> oh my gosh, she seriously. Oh my, but I didn't realize that like how hard that attitude would be at such a young age. It's just miserable, but also very darling. Um, mm-hmm. so this story actually comes from living in England. Okay. So when I lived in uh, England, I lived in Manchester for a little bit, and of course, Manchester United is uh, an incredibly huge team. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing that, and I'm sorry, you United fans out there, this is something that I did not like and therefore would not be a fan of Manchester United. Um, the fans were incredibly mean. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. They have this, um, they have this thing about them. They're very competitive. They're diehard. Oh my gosh. Like they would. Oh, but that's just never... Premier League in general though, isn't it? Well, I think that's probably true. I And, you know, since I didn't know anything about soccer before I um, mm-hmm. lived in England, I was um, – maybe it was just the shock of how um, how tied to the sport the city was and the fans mm-hmm. were. And something that was very shocking to me was how mean that the team would be to their own players. So they would – you know, they would boo their own players – um, if they didn't like something that had happened or they were very uh, vocal and rude, like um, I just couldn't believe some of the things that they would say to the other team's fans. And I was so put off by that. Um, and then I uh, I moved from Manchester and I lived in Liverpool for a little while and mm-hmm. I loved Liverpool. 
um, the and it, the difference was was the people there had this completely one eighty attitude, um, and so the like uh, the Liverpool fans were sweethearts. They were just as dedicated to their team, but they it was about instead of like instead of the competition so much, it was about the the camaraderie that they had for each other, which was so charming and I love I fell in love with them I fell in love with the city I fell in love with Liverpool as a team I fell in love with just everything about uh that place and that experience and those people um that was like those people had my heart for sure and so Brig (laughs) is a Yankees fan (laughs) and I'm really sorry but the Yankee fans have the same attitude about their sport as the Manchester United fans. And I'm put off by that. The Philly fans have that same attitude too. Yes. It's like this, this um, it's too intense for me. And I am not, uh, I am not, I just don't carry these kind of uh, feelings and attitudes for anything in my life. Like I don't, um, I just don't, I don't Mm -hmm. understand that fan experience and that attitude and that city. And however, um, and you know, I've never been to Chicago, so I'm just going to go ahead and get out there and say it. I've never been to Chicago. <laughs> however, um, when, uh, when Brig and I got married, I was like, okay, I'm going to figure out who I'm going to follow. Cause I'm not going to be told to follow Yankees just because my husband does though. That would be very easy. And we do watch a lot of Yankees in our house right. and it's fine. Um, however, so I was searching for the team that I connected with, like I connected with Liverpool and, um, and I found that with the Cubbies and I fell in love with their players and their attitude and the, the way that the fans were like, obviously at, so at the time Brig and I were married, the Cubs had not won a world series for a good long time. Mm-hmm. And, but the fans were there to be, a fan of the Cubs and they loved the Cubs and they loved each other as fans. And they had this history together, but it was all about, it was just like this, this togetherness thing. And, um, I found, you know, at the, uh, at the time, you know, the players were just like these goofballs and they were there having a great time and they were there to, um, be with their fans. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah. They weren't there to impress anyone or, you know, sweep the series or, you know, whatever. Like, they mm-hmm. they were there because they loved the game. They loved their fans and they loved Chicago. It was still a game. It wasn't business. Right. Whereas in New York, man, that is a tight machine. Yeah. It, yeah it's and very not that, you know, it's, yeah, it's just a different feel. And that's what I connect with. I connect with that kind of attitude. And so I fell in love with them. And now that is my team. <laughs> That's cool. I like that. Yeah. And then it was so fun to watch them go through um, the the World Series. Like after after I had decided, oh, the Cubs, they, they match me. Then they go in and are in the World Series. And I was like, oh, wow, this, I mean, this doesn't get better. And it was really hard not to say neener, neener to Brig. And <laughs> it's... <laughs> He had to have not been very happy about that. You just barely <laughs> jump on to cheer for this team. They go and win a World Series. I know. He's like, you're a Van Wagner. And I'm like, you know what? These people are mine. Don't tell me. Don't tell me what I don't, you know, don't tell me. <laughs> don't tell me how to live my life. Exactly. <laughs> that's awesome. I like that. That's a, that's a really cool story. I like there's a way more layers to it than just like, hey, they're a good team. I'll cheer for them. So. Yeah. it's uh, I The things that I allow into my life are all about like what what kind of attitude does it help me have in my life and Mm -hmm. is it kind of is it fun is it free is it is it like anything that is a machine or that is like we've said like corporate or too intense like I just don't connect with that I don't connect with overly passionate which is funny because Brigham is extremely passionate but (laughs) like I just don't connect with like this intense passion that uh, creates contention mm-hmm. and so yeah. whatever is opposite is what i gravitate towards and it just so happens that in our house we have the opposites we have the yankees and we have the cubs <laughs> yeah no i think that's super cool and, I, and i'm the same way too that like i'm just like it's just a game i don't need to get so worked up about it 
So let's finish with this, Tiff. Um, so what was it? A couple years ago, you had you had cancer. Is that right? It was uh, last year, and it feels last like year, it was right. years ago. I know it. This year, it's been so strange, but it feels like it was ages ago. But it was only just last summer. Oh my gosh! And it feels like you, you guys have lived there forever now, and it, it feels has. like we've lived in Idaho forever. But it's only been just a little while. I know, isn't that so weird? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> um, but I remember Brig telling me that basically that baseball was like therapeutic for you guys, right? Yeah, yeah, it is therapeutic for us, and especially so. Um, we have this baseball is so much to us because it's provided us like these very interesting releases that we didn't really realize that we would need. Um, and so, uh, at first, you know, it was when we got married, you know, it was like a fun date night. It was something for a uh, brig to teach me. And that was really, really fun. Um, and then when Brig came home from his uh, from his deployment and he needed a back surgery, one of the very few places that we could go and actually hang out because he was in so much pain was the ball field because the seats happened to be uh, just they would cradle him just so, and oh, they okay. and just so with lumbar support and just right. Yes, exactly. So you know, there there seats that you can actually hang out in for four hours. You know, <laughs> like it's yeah. not, it's not a huge deal. Um, so they just happened to be uh, this this perfect little seat for him. And it was the only place that we could go for that amount of time um, while he was uh, recovering from his back surgery. And so then it was really interesting when I um, was sick with my cancer treatment. Um, we were given very strict rules. I was not allowed to go to places that had a lot of people. So I couldn't go grocery shopping. I couldn't go to church. I couldn't, um, you know, we couldn't go to a movie theater. We couldn't go to a restaurant, you know, it's very restrictive because my, um, my health was so poor. My blood counts and my platelets were so low. Um, however, we got permission from my oncologist to go to baseball games because it was out in the open. So it wasn't an enclosed area with lots of people. Uh -huh. She said, as long as you kind of sit away from people and bring your, you know, your hand sanitizer and be kind of weird about it. And, <laughs> you know, then, then you can go because, you know, you're in the open air. And so it was very therapeutic because it was one of the very few places that I could go outside of my own home um, to, to be with Brig and to have time together. And, and so, we did baseball a lot and it was, it was awesome. It was a way that we could get out. We could meet new people and it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't scary for me. You know, we could, we knew that it would be safe and fine. And, mm -hmm. um, so baseball has been so much more than a game and just fun or just fandom or whatever for us. It's, it's helped us kind of recover and heal through some of our medical stuff. So it's, it's been a integral part in our life. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Like when, when he was telling me about that before, I was like, that's super cool because I feel like that's, that's what sports should be. It shouldn't be this whole crazy thing. It should be a way for us to escape. I just feel like sports in general is just a way for us to escape, escape from our, our daily lives. You know, like there's so many horrible things that go on in the world. So many horrible things that happen to people just, generally you know yeah just such crappy things and that sports should just be especially baseball should just be a way to escape those bad things that we don't want to think about you know just for two three four hours however long that it, it should just kind of be that escape we should just be able to do that and i think it's awesome that you guys were able to do that thank just, you it was awesome I thought that was so cool you had a team right there to do that with yeah um and you know we're we you know, we keep telling each other, we're like, we're so glad we ended up in a place that had a, a baseball team because let's say Greenville didn't have the drive. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we would, we could drive to Charlotte. That's uh, 90 minutes away. We could drive to Asheville. That's 90 minutes away. We could drive to Columbia. That's 90 minutes away. But we, you know, we didn't know. We're just so glad we had it so close because it was the only place we could go yeah. last summer. And, uh, and you're right. Like, um, and I like that baseball is a little slower mm -hmm. because it created like a, uh, uh, an easygoing, relaxing, fun, 
place for us to hang out. And it's different from, let's say, a football game or something where it's packed and it's wild, which I love about football, but mm. I would not have been able to participate because of the, yeah. you know, the way that football is done and set up. And so I'm just grateful for baseball that it's retained this peacefulness about it, you know, comparatively. Um, yeah. It's, it's slow and it's, um, it's a, it's a time to relax and it's time to be uh, present and away from your worries. And, and that is what I love about it. Yeah, that's awesome. With that, we're going to go ahead and wrap because that was a perfect way to wrap that up, Tiff. Love it. Nice little bow. Awesome. (laughs) So thanks for joining me today, Tiff. That was excellent. Loved all of that. Um, Thank you. This was so fun. Yeah, we'll have to do another one another time. We'll have to have you on again. Uh, Do a great job with the steroids and great job with the hats. I'm sure we'll have you on again. Uh, It was a lot of fun. So baseball family, make sure you hop on the shop shop.9plusus.com you can get some great hats t-shirts everything baseball themed love it all and visit us at baseballtogether.com where you can read about a lot of stuff that we talk about on the podcast and other things other things baseball related as far as news current events um and just some of our thoughts about the game as well and if you like the podcast uh rate subscribe review um leave us some comments we want to do a, another mailbag coming up here pretty soon. I think we've got some stuff that we can that we can dive into here pretty soon. But give us some topics, questions, anything you want to know. It doesn't have to necessarily be baseball related as well. Uh, thanks again, Tiff. Mm-hmm. And baseball family, we will catch you next time.